Welcome to Open Banking Expo Unplugged, bringing you the brightest minds in open banking, open finance and beyond. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Open Banking Expo Unplugged. I'm Ellie Duncan, Head of Content here at Open Banking Expo and your host. So my guest today is Stefano Vaccino, founder and CEO of Yapali, an open banking infrastructure provider. He established the company in 2017, and it's quickly grown across Europe since then. Uh, Yapali has raised $18.4 million in funding to date and counts American Express, QuickBooks and Money Farm among its customers. So with the OBIE having reported that more than 3 million consumers now use open banking enabled products and services in the UK, this is an exciting time for Yapali. Thank you for coming onto the podcast. Thank you, Ellie, for having me. Well, um, let's start by setting the scene a little bit. Can you explain what your background is up, up to the point where you founded Yapili? Of course. So before founding Yapili uh, and after studying computer science and electrical engineering, uh, I spent many years in investment banking at Goldman Sachs, where uh, I learned through the financial crisis in particular, how difficult it is to manage a business. Uh, and now it's, it's always important important to plan for the unexpected, even if it sounds uh, odd to say. Um, and uh, unfortunately, we saw the unexpected twice last year between COVID and Brexit uh, happening at the same time. After leaving Goldman, I work uh, uh, as a chief product officer in a couple of uh, fintech companies, while on the side, while I was also nurturing some side project. And uh, one night I went to an event and it was about open banking. It was 2017, and uh, I was blown away by how transformational this was going to be. And uh, so I started Yapili. Um, that's uh, that's uh, everything before uh, before starting the company. Okay, so um, it, obviously you'd had a lot of experience in the industry. You got that inspiration. So. For anyone who's listening that doesn't know what who Yapali is, what what you do, can you explain sort of what, what the company does and the technology that powers that? Of course. So first and foremost, I founded Yapili on the simple but firm belief that uh, open data access and open payment infrastructure are the answer to creating um, a world uh, that will have uh, fairer financial services for everyone. Uh, so in this context, uh, Yapili is a pure open banking infrastructure provider that uh, enables businesses to embed the power of open finance within the product, uh, removing at the same time the problem of connecting with each individual bank directly, and also the problem of maintaining uh, this connectivity, which basically means we connect uh, with thousands of banks uh, using secure API, and we enable customers to uh, access uh, this API and uh, as a consequence with the consent for the end user um, access the financial data of this user or uh, initiate payments on their behalf. Our customers as you as you mentioned earlier include uh, company like uh, Intel QuickBooks, uh, Aris Cashflow, GoCarless, American Express, uh, Coma and uh, all of these companies use our infrastructure and tools to build their solution on top of our foundation, and we power them invisibly behind the scene. 
Yeah, you mentioned um, quite a few of your clients there, obviously some names that, that people recognise, but also um, many of your customers are SMEs. Uh, they've experienced a particularly turbulent time over the past year or so um, as the pandemic led to lockdown after lockdown. Obviously, you know, in, in the UK and, and in other countries, we've had sort of various government-backed loan schemes. But, but some of those, uh, certainly the, the, the UK government schemes, are coming to a close now. So are SMEs faced with a wealth of, of sort of borrowing options, do you think? Yeah, so um, actually very recently, the British Business Bank uh, shared that 45% of SMEs uh, uh, applied for financial support last year with a uh, a gross uh, uh, amount of lending reaching almost uh, uh, 10.5 billion. Um, it means that nine in 10 businesses uh, sought finance uh, last year, and uh, most of the business did so as a consequence uh, of COVID. And uh, you mentioned the government back uh, pro uh, program. 70% uh, of the lending actually last year was coming from this uh, government-sponsored and backed uh, um, uh, scheme. Um, the problem uh, in uh, the classic SME lending, so last year was uh, uh, a particular situation. The problem with traditional lending is that uh, it uh, relies solely in, uh, on the financial history of an individual uh, and not uh, on the actual financial position, so not on live data. So they define uh, how a person will behave in the future on historical data that are not uh, up to date. Uh, and so this is uh, leading to almost an unfair uh, and uh, sometimes unaffordable lending, which might exclude in some cases uh, people uh, who need financial support and they would be eligible if uh, a lender had up-to-date information. So in general, we need to enhance credit decisioning uh, by combining obviously traditional way of scoring company with open banking data um, which uh, uh, is live so lenders have the responsibility to assess uh, uh, people actual financial situation to make sure that they can make a fairer lending decision and uh, open banking is definitely the solution uh, because lender can quickly assess borrower affordability through real-time data. And when I talk about uh, uh, borrower, I'm talking about SME or a uh, single individual. Um, and the ultimate uh, objective, I, I, I guess, uh, is to be in a world where a lender can almost offer bespoke uh, pricing uh, based on the specific situation uh, of, the, of the borrower, which means uh, everyone is in a different situation, everyone should have uh, uh, a different uh, suite of solution for them. This ultimately will be the fairer solution as well. So that's really um, the role that open banking can play then. It can it can deliver this really personalized service. Is, is that right? Absolutely, yes. Okay. Yes, that's, a, that's definitely one of the objectives, especially uh, in the lending uh, world. Mm -hmm. um, now, uh, I want to come on to um, a recent partnership, actually, that that you announced uh, back in, in June. And uh, it's a partnership with Comma for the rollout of a bulk payment service. Can you explain a little bit more about uh, how that, that partnership came to fruition? 
Yeah, of course. So first, uh, let's talk about what's a bulk payment. Bulk payment, uh, it's uh, a way to uh, initiate payment, uh, multiple payment uh, all in one go. And this uh, could be often associated with uh, uh, payroll payment. And uh, up until now, um, mostly large company have been uh, able to benefit uh, from uh, uh, bulk payment uh, through their uh, corporate banking account. Um, a lot of the SMEs uh, have been forced to rely on uh, legacy and inefficient uh, payment processes uh, to achieve uh, the same results, uh, which causes a lot of uh, uh, headaches uh, uh, and uh, delay very often in payment. Uh, COVID uh, last year highlighted uh, beyond any doubt that SME need uh, better control and visibility on their cash flow. And so it accelerated uh, uh, the need uh, of uh, bike payment also for uh, uh, SME. We were saying uh, uh, earlier in the conversation that uh, according to OBIE, uh, almost half of the businesses uh, now are benefit, uh, benefiting uh, from uh, one way or another from uh, open banking. Um, so going to, 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 to the partnership, uh, um, bulk payment made available uh, through open banking can now be sent through faster payments. Faster uh, payment is the rail that uh, most of the banks uh, use. Uh, and this is reducing the cost uh, for businesses and also give them give business owners more control over their cash flow and uh, enable them to make regular payments such as wages, expenses, uh, paying supplier uh, in a much more uh, flexible and cost effective way. Um, so Yapili within this context is now leading in the bike payment uh, open banking uh, space and uh, we are successfully connected with seven financial institutions to enable uh, this, this feature and so commas uh, accountant and bookkeeper customer can now create and share payment uh, runs with their clients who in turn can bulk pay bills, uh, taxes, uh, salary uh, on their phone, on their desktop uh, in few clicks uh, from their own bank account. This means that the accountant and the bookkeeper can offer new payment services to clients uh, which has been demanded uh, for, for many years. And I'm just wondering, I mean, you, you mentioned obviously that that during um, the pandemic last year, um, it did highlight the need for sort of SMEs to, to be able to kind of use bulk payments. So were bulk payments always um, plotted this early on in your product roadmap or did you bring that forward because of COVID and just the rate of innovation more generally in the space? Yeah, well, first, of, first uh, let me um, mention something. Our objective is that uh, uh, infrastructure provider uh, is to enable as many payment services uh, as possible to power the use cases uh, of our uh, of our customers. So our objective is to offer the broadest range of feature and functionality uh, in this space. Um, so we have we actually we want to grow with our customer, and we always shape uh, our roadmap around their needs. And uh, COVID definitely accelerated some of the specific needs around payment efficiency. And uh, uh, within, let's uh, say, this context, uh, uh, the answer to your question is probably that indirectly to the demand from our customer, it has accelerated uh, uh, bulk payment in our roadmap. Okay. Uh, and so are you hoping now that, you know, this, this bulk payments was obviously, as you say, reserved for larger firms, but are you hoping now we're seeing a shift so that it becomes 
really the norm for, for small and medium sized businesses? Of course. And uh, uh, we, we hope that the bike payment now will reach as many customer through our own customer uh, uh, as soon as possible. Um, as I said, it brings significant efficiency uh, to how SME can operate and how uh, cash flow around the economy. Working capital is probably one of the biggest issue in a lot of the economies. So if people are paid faster, uh, also in a more efficient way, uh, people can reinvest capital on a faster rate and the economy recover also at a faster rate. And in terms of rolling out that bulk payment service, I know you're going live um, in Germany initially. So after that, uh, where are you rolling out to? So we, as I said, we grow with our customers. So a lot of the features like bulk payment uh, um, are uh, on one side requested. And then if the banks in a specific geography offers them, we try to roll it out as soon as possible. Currently, we have the demand for bulk payment in UK, in Germany, but we are also starting to have the same in Italy, France, Spain. So as soon as we are comfortable that the technology behind it and the API offered by the banks is robust, we will roll it out across the entire Europe. And sticking with um, you know the partnerships, really, I mean, we've mentioned obviously Yapoli's partnership with Comma there, and and it is you know, increasingly common, isn't it, in the industry for, you know, these strategic partnerships to, to be evolving. Um, not a week goes by without another partnership being announced. You've also partnered with a number of other firms, including Access Pay and OSU, for example. Yeah. So what do you look for in a partnership? Yeah, so, well, we always uh, try to uh, work with the ambitious organization that uh, uh, offer uh, uh, new innovative services uh, and also are aligned in the vision of uh, bringing financial inclusion. So in the case of uh, Access Space, uh, we were continuing on our mission to expand the reach uh, of open banking to a wider range of uh, business uh, and uh, our partnership uh, with them uh, now provide uh, uh, thousands of UK businesses real-time visibility into their cash uh, position and transaction flow. And so it's all about bringing payment and financial services uh, into the 21st uh, uh, century. You also mentioned also, for example, uh, their app allows self-employed to receive payment without uh, fees or settlement delays uh, so that they can carry on with their day-to-day -day work without the worry of losing out on vital funds. Um, other companies like uh, GoCarless uh, allow many thousands of uh, SME to increase their payment efficiency and uh, uh, overall increase, as I was mentioning before, uh, the working capital speed of uh, the overall economy. Faster and more efficient payment uh, means capital can be deployed and reinvested uh, at a faster rate. So overall, when uh, we uh, enter a partnership, uh, um, we, we look at the uh, counterparty that are uh, can grow with us, uh, and uh, may sounds like a, a, a silly expression, but uh, when the sum of the two, so one plus one make three, so when both parties significantly benefit uh, 
from the partnership and is not uh, only one that is going to benefit uh, uh, from uh, the collaboration. And also where incentive uh, and the vision is uh, completely aligned. This is uh, usually what uh, gives the strongest uh, results. So what, what's, um, you know, in, uh, when you've got a partnership that, that really works, what, what's the potential there? What, what can it achieve, basically? Well, um, first, uh, from our perspective, as we are a technology enabler, um, the, the main result is making sure that the customer of our customer are happy customer and the company that we power continues to grow. Um, from our perspective, uh, the growth of our customer it's ultimately what make us grow as well. Um, so uh, let's say from a pure company perspective, um, it's uh, two companies that uh, are uh, aligned and uh, they, see, they, they see their vision become a reality. Um, then from a higher level perspective, uh, it's great if uh, both companies have, uh, uh, let's say a deeper objective around uh, making uh, lending, uh, for example, fairer or making the uh, payment uh, uh, more efficient uh, or bringing financial inclusion. So that's ultimately what we're uh, excited the most uh, when we enter into a partnership. Obviously, growth for the two companies, uh, but overall also achieving the vision of why our company and the partner have been created in the first place. Well, um, I'd like to come on to talk a, a bit about open finance, uh, if possible. It's obviously, you know, something that we're hearing a lot about in the UK at the moment. Um, and it's being kind of positioned largely as the kind of next natural step on from open banking. So I was wondering, um, you know, what does open finance mean to you and, and look like to you, Stefano? Yeah, so you're right. Open banking is just the first step on the road to open finance. And uh, uh, with the, let's say, general open access, uh, we have uh, the potential to uh, change completely how we pay for our shopping, utility, manage our money, uh, how we set up a business. So if you look five years ahead, when also pension, insurance, and utility will be open up from a data perspective, uh, you can imagine the power of all of this data being uh, in uh, one place uh, and the user having access uh, to the data about themselves. The insights that you uh, can derive at the intersection of this data. At the moment, they are all living separate and independent life. Um, so from a person, personal perspective or business perspective, uh, we will be in a position to create uh, services that at the moment, uh, we cannot uh, uh, even imagine. And uh, if you pair this also with the open payment infrastructure, uh, the, the financial world will be really opening up and also enabling fairer and better financial services uh, um, for, uh, for everyone. Yeah, you mentioned um, fairer financial services. You, you've talked about social inclusion uh, as well earlier in the podcast. And, you know, open finance is often referred to as a way in which, you know, to improve so, uh, financial and social inclusion. So uh, could you explain a little bit more about the potential it has to do that and, and, and how? Yeah, so I can give a very high level example at the moment uh, there are probably two billion people in the world 
that they do not have access uh, to a mean to save money. Uh, and if you cannot save money, you cannot reinvest them. And if you cannot reinvest them, you cannot change your social status. So with open banking, um, you can bring the possibility to save uh, and uh, uh, understand your financial situation to almost everyone that has a mobile phone. So the reach of open banking will allow mm -hmm. uh, people that at the moment have no way of uh, uh, saving and investing in their future uh, to do so. So looking very high level, this is uh, probably a very simple way to express uh, uh, the concept of bringing social uh, uh, inclusion or better financial services uh, to everyone. Reaching these people is, uh, is, uh, is the first mm -hmm. step. Uh, now, obviously, at, at the top of this podcast, we spoke about, um, you know, where the idea came for from for Yapali and and you know the fact that you started up the the business back in 2017. Um, you know, obviously, you've come a long way since then. And I was just wondering, as a fintech entrepreneur, what is the biggest lesson that you've learned so far? Because obviously, uh, you know, Yapali has many years still to grow. But but yeah, what's the biggest lesson you've learned anyway? As you said, there are many lessons and every day we learn, we improve uh, and we iterate. So uh, being humble and curious uh, to be open to learn and constantly improve uh, is definitely key. But if I have to name uh, the biggest lesson, I guess is uh, building a company is about uh, having a clear vision and bringing together the best people possible to make this vision happen. Um, a vision without a strong team or vice versa will lead nowhere. So as an entrepreneur, uh, if you have a big vision, invest a lot in bringing in a strong team because it is true that people are your most important asset. Mm -hmm. and, and do you feel like, obviously, again, at the start, you spoke about your own background and having worked in, in you know, very large and well-known investment banks so how does that compare now to having started your own company you know from scratch when it was essentially just you to begin with um i'm super happy to wake up every day and knowing that uh, i will have every day new challenges in front of me uh, so it's an exciting adventure um, when i started almost four years ago i was uh, as you mentioned alone in my bedroom with uh, with an idea now there is a team of more than 100 people and probably in uh, one year will be three times that so seeing the constant evolution of uh, of yapili uh, it's something uh, that i would have never uh, could imagine so uh, that's what i like the most the creation part uh, creating out of an idea a company and seeing this company grow well, thank you so much, Stefano, for joining me today and, and taking all my questions. It's great to hear about Yapoli. Thank you very much for having me. And as always, thank you for listening. Do visit the on-demand section of openbankingexpo.com to listen back to other episodes of our podcast series, as well as Open Banking Expo TV episodes. And you can watch back our recent live panel debates as well. So plenty of content to get stuck into. I look forward to having our next guest on the podcast very soon. Until then, goodbye for now.